text for the message this morning is Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. We read the first 10 verses, and it speaks of our Lord Jesus Christ ascending and pouring gifts out upon his church. And in this context, we read Ephesians 4, verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Acts 2 begins by saying, when the day of Pentecost arrived. And right away, we can see that Pentecost is not just a newly introduced New Testament celebration. In Leviticus 23, verses 15 to 16, the law tells us that already in the Old Testament, Pentecost was a special harvest day celebration that took place on the first day of the week, exactly 50 days, that's the Penta in Pentecost, 50 days after the first fruits of the harvest were offered up to the Lord during the Passover feast. Already in the Old Testament, there is a connection between the Passover lamb being sacrificed God accepting the first fruits of the harvest and the Pentecost festival that celebrated God's grace seen in the fullness of the harvest. Having seen Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb sacrificed, and already celebrating his resurrection from the dead that Paul calls the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, It would not be surprising if the believers were expecting something special on the day of Pentecost, which is described to us in Acts 2. They would not have been disappointed. We read about the sound of wind. We read of tongues as of fire and of simple Galileans filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. No one could have seen this and forgotten the Lord Jesus' mandate that he gave to go out and make disciples of of all nations, all those who speak these different tongues. The promise of the coming of the promised Holy Spirit on the church who gave power from on high so that they could do exactly what Jesus commanded them to do. The outpouring 
of the Holy Spirit on his church was clear evidence of the victory of Jesus Christ. And Peter doesn't make sure that they see that. They say, you see the Spirit, that means Jesus Christ is victorious. He ascended to the most high throne of God. And he marked the beginning of his ministry in the world through his church. The gospel message that we celebrate on this Pentecost Sunday is that although the Lord Jesus is in heaven, he remains present with his people through the Holy Spirit who dwells in our midst and who directs his church and who gathers his great harvest of God's elect in. All who repent and who believe have the Holy Spirit in their hearts. We read in Acts 2. And it's in their hearts as a seal guaranteeing what is to come. Ephesians 1 verse 14. We have unity with Christ in the one spirit. He dwells in, in Christ as the head and in us as his members, one spirit. And so Paul says in the first verses of Ephesians 4 that we are united in that one spirit. We also receive gifts from our Lord Jesus Christ who is in heaven. With reference to the prophecy of our Lord's ascension in Psalm 68, which we also sang together, Paul writes in Ephesians 4 verses 8 to 16 about how the leaders in the church serve as channels for the gifts that Jesus Christ gives to his church. And on this ordination, Pentecost Sunday, I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, Paul builds up his body through the ministry of the saints. We'll see that he first, we'll first see that he gives leaders to equip the saints, and secondly, that he calls the saints to grow in maturity. So we need to remember that Pentecost and the ordination of office bearers today is in the context of all of Scripture, including the Old Testament. And when we look to the Old Testament, we see that only in the Old Testament, only the leaders were set apart from the people and anointed with a special anointing oil that pointed to the Holy Spirit they received to carry out their task. In the Old Testament, it's just the prophets, the priests, the kings who were anointed and not the other members. In the New Testament church, Christ fulfilled the offices of prophet, priest, and king. And on the day of his baptism in the Jordan, when the Holy Spirit descended uh, on him like a dove, he was the last officer to be given a special anointing. The gospel message for us is that whoever believes in Jesus Christ is a part of his body and shares in his anointing. In the same way that the anointing oil on Aaron's head spread onto his beard and onto his garments, when Jesus the head ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit that he received, we read about that in Acts 2 verse 33, the Holy Spirit that he received in abundance was poured out 
over the church, his body. In abundance, an abundant blessing of the Spirit through Christ Jesus, our head. And so, just as Moses prayed for in Numbers 11, verse 29, and you saw that on the the wall as you were coming in this morning, that text, Moses prayed and wished that all God's people could be anointed by the Spirit. Today, we celebrate that that is exactly what God did for us in Christ. And then we see, brothers and sisters, there is one Lord in the church, one God and Father of all, the one Holy Spirit who brings unity to all who believe in Jesus Christ, who are part of his body. There is one king, there is one shepherd, and every believer will only bow the knee to this one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Office bearers and non-office bearers are equally subjects to the one King, Jesus Christ, the one anointed Messiah. And no one person is better or higher in God's eyes than another. Jesus Christ alone rules and governs in the congregation. And woe be to any person who raises himself up to block our view of our Lord, the head of the church, who has revealed himself in his word. We all celebrate the day of Pentecost because we know that all of us, young and old, male and female, leader or not, have received the Holy Spirit in our hearts. He is in our midst. Unlike it was in the Old Testament, office bearers do not have a special measure of the Holy Spirit that equips them on the day of their their ordination to be set apart for their task of leading. Rather, every member shares equally in the one Spirit in whom different members have been given different abilities and are raised up with different qualifications. Paul explains in Ephesians 4 verse 7, but grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And it is in this context of the general outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the gifts in the Holy Spirit that the Apostle Paul tells us that the ascended and victorious Lord Jesus Christ gave men, also some men, as gifts to the Spirit-filled church as a gift for their well-being. Christ sent apostles and prophets in the early stages of the church. He sent evangelists such as Philip and Timothy, to serve as the apostles' delegates and and church planters. And he sends other men to serve his church as pastors and teachers, two parts of the responsibility of elders and the minister. And later on, through the guidance of the apostles, he would also bless his church with deacons. It's very important, brothers and sisters, to see that Christ, in his wisdom... And looking to his church that has the Holy Spirit and wanting to care for his body, the church, 
He is standing behind the men he has given as overseers, as leaders. For the men being ordained, it then becomes clear that they are in the first place servants of Jesus Christ. They cannot do things their own way, but they must obey Christ Jesus in everything. They have just one of, of many equally important tasks in Christ's church, and their authority is limited to their mandate. They receive the mandate to represent the good shepherd and his pastoral care for the sheep. They are given authority from Christ so that they can serve, so that they can visit, so that they can clean and correct and teach. For all of us as members of Christ's church, that also makes us realize that it is not just Mr. So-and-so asking us how we're doing or visiting with us or calling us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received, but it is the direct gift of Christ who cares for each one of us through these men. And then we look at Ephesians 4 verse 12 and we see a purpose clause. It's very, very important to see the purpose clause, the purpose uh, being explained of their work. You see, God gives, or Christ gives office bearers, and we read uh, in order to, or we read to, but it means in order to equip the saints for the work of ministry or service, for building up the body of Christ. The office bearers are set in place in the church by Jesus Christ for the sake of the congregation so that you will be equipped to do your ministry and service in the kingdom of God. So what is your ministry? Well, look at the text. The ministry is to build up his church, which is his body. That's the ministry of, of, of all the saints. And it is with this goal in mind that Christ is giving you these men before you. They're not here to do all the work in, of service and building up the church, but they are here to equip you to do it, to equip all of us to do it. And when we think about this principle, then it means, for example, that deacons are not ordained to visit the sick for us, like someone hired to, to carry out some spiritual services for us, nor are they to be a channel for all charity. Rather, the task of the deacons is to make sure that we as a congregation are helping each other out with our gifts and that we are welcoming visitors, that we are visiting the sick and the lonely. And if we are not doing these things, to encourage us to do so by leading and helping us. As it says, even in the form for ordination of deacons, it is therefore the responsibility of the deacons to see to the good progress of this service of charity in the church. In this way, God's children will increase in love to one another and to all men. And the same for the elders and the minister. 
We are told to, to equip the saints for work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. When an elder diligently is, is studying the scriptures, he's not doing that because he's been, been hired by the church to do that for them. But he is studying the scriptures diligently with his eye to equipping the saints to building up the members of Christ in their different situations. His goal is to equip the sanctified members of Christ's church so that the saints will seek out the well-being of the entire congregation and be busy with humble service and love to one another. Christ gave the church leaders so that every believer may be prepared and urged to grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. Ordaining office bearers, brothers and sisters, doesn't lighten our load, but it increases our load and our activity. Because they will be equipping and spurring us on. If the church is compared to a body, the office bearers in the church are like the, the arms and hands that the head commands to scrub it clean, to heal the wounds, to dress it, to, to, to lead it, to be doctors of the soul, so that Christ's church may be active in service and growth and love. The primary focus of the, of the ministry of the men that Christ gave as, as a gift to the church is the ministry of the saints. If the church is compared to a garden, the leaders, the office bearers are the gardeners, getting their hands dirty in the muck, preparing the best conditions for the plants, giving special attention to some of the plants that are more frail and pruning other stronger plants so that they bear much fruit. A healthy, happy garden reflects the fullness of Christ more and more. And then while God works in our midst through the men who he appoints to these offices, each of us has the responsibility to, to bloom as best as we can with the gifts that God has given us. Each of us has the responsibility to grow to maturity. For Jesus Christ calls the saints to growth in maturity. In an age when, when everyone wants to be considered young and fun-loving, maturity is not often desired. Even in the church, we all struggle with desires to live immature lives. We praise the so-called simple faith so that we do not feel guilty for refusing to read and to learn and to study more. We sometimes even make fun of people who, who talk about the deep truths of faith. We think it's in a, a, a badge of honor to say, oh, I don't understand the, the, those things. Just keep it simple. The office bearers often have their work cut out for them when they want to equip the saints for works of service because they will find that the saints are often 
like Paul says, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. We have a picture of immature Christians in this verse. Christians who are fickle and who follow any leader who happens to, to pop up, who, who are easily distracted. And, and look, a squirrel. It stands in contrast to the mature man who sta stays focused on his task, who attains to the unity of faith, who attains to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you see the difference, brothers and sisters? The contrast. The mature man is a man who understands the human cunning, the craftiness, and the deceit of the world, who is firmly connected to Christ, who is not easily shaken by the waves and, and winds in this life, Paul uses building, structure, structural analogy as well. He talks about being built up. We think of the contrast between those, those wiggly wooden frame structures of houses that are still being built up where the builder gets nervous when the wind starts to blow and those old, solid, established heavy stone medieval cathedrals and, and parliament buildings that you sometimes see when you go to the older parts of the city. Christ gave us the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And then he gives us office bearers in the church today so that we might grow up. That we may grow up like a child becoming an adult that we may become established, mature stone buildings. We read about the goal of this growth in verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Just as the Holy Spirit is given to all who believe, so also Christ expects, and then look at the wording there, that we all strive toward unity. The office bearers will love and will care for you all. And every member of the church will receive at, le at least one visit to talk about how you have grown in your faith since last year or since the last visit. How you have grown through regular worship, through the Bible studies, through special classes, through personal experience, they come to see how you're growing, how you're maturing. And when our focus is on growth and maturity, brothers and sisters, we learn how dangerous it is to spiritually stand still. We can't be babies forever. A baby... Think of a baby, maybe you've seen a baby around lately. A baby can only think about himself or herself. And since he or she is so dependent on others, if he doesn't get the food or the sleep he or she needs, he, he just gets angry and cries. 
Imagine an adult doing the same thing. An adult who displays the same selfishness will not be able to function, not even in society. But by the grace of God, believers have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That's the joy of Pentecost. So that we can grow up beyond our childishness and live to serve our brothers and sisters in the communion of saints. We can stop living for ourselves and we can start living for others. That's a sign of maturity. For this reason, the elders and deacons will encourage you to flee from spiritually childish selfishness. And don't forget that even elderly and successful businessmen can be childish. They will encourage you to flee from immaturity, the grade school type grudges and arguments. They will call you to maturity and leaving your adolescent carelessness and your self-interested laziness. And they will equip you to spiritual growth and activities that bring unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And yet the office bearers who are called to equip you, that doesn't mean you have nothing to do. You are called to grow in maturity. How mature are you? The question may be, how mature am I? We each ask ourselves. And Ephesians 4 verse 12 reveals that maturity can be seen by how much a person is busy with building up the body of Christ. The ministry of the saints is the building up of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 adds that you will speak the truth in love, which is directly related to to helping each other, verse 15, grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. We grow up into Christ our head when we recognize that he is the fountain and source of everything that we have in this life, verse 16. When we rejoice in his person and his work, that we have, we, we, we're singing, brothers and sisters, that we're singing the psalms and, and the hymns and songs of praise in, in our homes and in our work. When we talk about him, we speak the truth. When we, when we speak about him together at our gatherings, at our Bible studies, but even our social get-togethers. We speak the truth in love when we constantly study and learn about the gospel. When we comfort ourselves, when we comfort those who repent of their sins and, and we come and, and we, we, we say, look at Christ's blood, look at the forgiveness of our sins. Do we encourage one another in this way, brothers and sisters, the building up of the body of Christ in his blood? And the gospel message is that the more that the body draws near to Christ the head, the more it is able to grow up itself and build itself up in love. As we as individual members rejoice more and more in the truth of the gospel, and we study and and speak about it with others, so that God's kingdom is always put first in our lives, this growth and this strengthening will be a blessing for the whole body, the whole congregation. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost, each part of Christ's body will want to work properly, to grow into Christ the head who unites all believers in the unity of this one profession. And then, brothers and sisters, do you see, do you know how important your connection to Jesus Christ is? A body that is separated from the head is dead. And in the same way, a person that is not connected to Christ's body the church is also dead. However, whoever is in Christ receives the Holy Spirit and is able to know the truth and speak the truth in love. He has given you office bearers so that you will be equipped for the ministry of building yourselves up as the body of Christ. This building up does not only refer to your personal spiritual growth, but also to the strengthening of the connections we have to other members. You can see in verse 16, Paul starts talking about the joints, the connections. You see, a body is only as strong as the joints and the supporting ligaments. In the same way in the body of Christ, your relationship to your brother or your sister is as important for the body as your own personal piety. Every one of you has received this call to grow up and mature spiritually. Continue to grow. My dear brother, my dear sister, do you understand how important you are for the body of Christ. Imagine a part that decides not to show up for work. One morning you wake up in the morning and, and your left leg isn't there. Do you see that if you do not seek to grow in the truth, this has consequences for the whole body. Imagine a part, a, a hand that decides not to grow. It stays a, a little baby hand and the rest of the body grows bigger. Well, is that hand still useful? Do you see how one weak connection to another part cannot just be overlooked because it makes the whole body suffer who here has suffered from a, a sore shoulder or a sore knee? You, you can't even move hardly. And it's just a connection. All your muscles are fine. Thanks be to God for the gospel of salvation, the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ that we can celebrate together as one body. Praise Him for the promise that whoever repents of his sin will be washed clean in his blood. We can walk in the Spirit who produces his fruit within us and who enriches our church with a desire for unity and faith, knowledge of the Son of God, our King. Christ Jesus has given his Spirit-filled church office bearers 
who equipped the saints. And by his grace, we have what we need for our ministry of building ourselves up as his body. Amen.